morning. We have a few announcements we want to bring this morning, and the first one is there there'll be no class tonight. Uh, Kathy Perkins is still having a lot of issues and uh, been having a lot of stomach issues going on this last week, and they're going to take her to the doctor Monday and try to get her checked out, see if it's her gallbladder or what's going on, but she's having a pretty tough time with that. And Roger's finally kind of turning the corner a little bit, and he is improving. And Patricia's making some headway. Uh, Cynthia, how's your mom? Okay. And is there anybody else that we need to put on our prayer list and remember today that need our prayers? And keep Joyce on there also. And keep ch on there and everybody else our elderly are shut in so many people and it, with the situations that's going on in the world you just can't hardly make face-to-face -face contact with them so phone calls or cards and letters just whatever you want to do and keep checking on each other because a lot of people are really lonely uh, patricia's been shut in how many days in a row by herself starts wearing on their spirituality quite a bit. So, and with those people in mind, Dean, would you mind offering a special prayer for all those people? Thank you, Dean. I'd like to welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And our call of worship this morning is going to come out of Psalms. This is going to be in... Get my right chapter. Chapter 8, verses 3 through 9. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man, that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man, that thou visited him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, 
and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put him, put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, all the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Let's open our hymnals up to hymn number 10. We'll stand and I'll offer an opening prayer. Almighty God, our gracious, loving, heavenly Father, in the holy name of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior, we invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to abide with us. And Father, we gather here to praise and honor you and to thank you for the many wonderful blessings you grant upon us. And I would ask a prayer today for my brother Kenny that you bless him, Father, and stand with him and shore him up as he brings us the spoken words that you've laid upon his heart today. And we pray this in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. My opening scripture this morning is uh, from Matthew 24. Verse 5 through 11. Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise up and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. 
But he that remaineth steadfast and is not overcome, the same shall be saved. Approximately 124 years before the birth of Christ, King Benjamin taught his people a very important lesson. And it was a principle that was important to them, but it's equally important to us. And that's what I want to talk about today. Being steadfast, immovable, and always abounding in good works starting with Mosiah 3, 21. Therefore, I would that you should be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in good works, that Christ, the, the Lord God omnipotent, may seal you his 
that you may be brought to heaven, that you may have everlasting salvation and eternal life. Through the wisdom and power and justice and mercy of him who created all things in heaven and in earth, who is God above all. Now notice in that scripture, to be able to take advantage and reap the rewards of our Lord and Savior Jesus laying down his life, his atonement is to do certain things. And it's based on these things that we show our acceptance and our understanding and willingness to live by these things, being steadfast, immovable, and always abounding in good works. What are the good works? Well, we know what they are, being in service to our fellow man. That's being in service to our Heavenly Father, clothing the naked, feeding the hungry, visiting the sick and those in prison. But who to? To our neighbor. And our neighbor is anyone that is not us. We need to ask ourselves three questions. What does it mean to be steadfast and immovable? How do we become those things? And what blessings are associated with being steadfast and immovable? Well, let's start with steadfast. What does that mean? It means fixed in position, solid and firm, unshaken and resolute. It signifies a quality of not capable of being diverted from a mission. So a person who is steadfast and immovable is solid, firm, resolute, firmly secured, and incapable of being diverted from a mission or a purpose. What is our purpose? Is to follow our Heavenly Father through his son Jesus and to be able to live with them forever in the kingdom of our heavenly father the kingdom of God now in the scriptures you could find many examples of someone that is steadfast and immovable one definitely is Moroni the scriptures say he was a strong and mighty man perfect in understanding. He did not delight in the shedding of blood, but he found joy in the liberty and freedom of his country and his people. And he worked diligently to secure safety for his people. He was full of thanksgiving for the many, many blessings that God gave to him and gave to the Nephites. Moroni was described as a man who was firm in the faith of Christ. I just heard a testimony this morning from Ada, how she was thankful for the blessing that God gave her after her fall 
you need to hear that testimony if you if you haven't already. I'm sure she's, many of you have already heard it. But you could tell in her expressions and in her eyes that she's firm and resolute in not only this gospel, but her faith in Jesus. Who else in the scriptures? You can think of a lot of people, but another example would be the 2,000 young warriors. They can be described as steadfast and immovable, definitely. They were young men of great courage. And whatever they were entrusted to, they were honest and faithful, and they got the job done. They were men of true, of truth and soberness. Leads us to how do we become steadfast and immovable? Well, a, a building, if you were going to build a building, you would definitely want it on a firm foundation, not a foundation of sand that shifts. And the best foundation that we could build our lives on is Jesus Christ and none other. Helaman explains that very well. Helaman chapter 2, 74 and 75. And now, my sons, remember, remember that it is upon the rock of our Redeemer, who is Christ, the Son of God, that you must build your foundation, that when the devil shall send forth his mighty winds, yea, his shafts in the whirlwind, when all his hail and his mighty storm shall beat upon you, it shall have no power over you to drag you down to the gulf of misery and endless woe because of the rock upon which you are built, which is a sure foundation, a foundation whereupon if men build, they cannot fall. I think of the huge churches that have a great membership role where the children attend and they have a gymnasium. They have all kinds of sports and activities that are fun for them, but are they building the foundation of the understanding of the gospel <clears throat> that will get them through, for instance, what Roger is having to go through? Well, you can tell in his text and his reports how strong he is and how he knows the scriptures and the faith that he has upon God, whatever happens. He knows that God has the ability to heal, but you can just tell in his words his unwavering faith in his heavenly Father. What a good example he must be for the facility that he's in now. Jesus Christ is the foundation that you and I can build our lives on securely and that we won't fall. Now, here are the steps listed in the scriptures. Helaman 5, 95 through 97. 
that we must follow to develop a good, strong foundation in Christ. And behold, you do know of yourselves, for you have witnessed it, that as many of them there are brought to the knowledge of the truth and to know of the wicked abominations, abominable traditions of their fathers and are led away to believe the Holy Scriptures and are led to believe the Holy Scriptures. Yea, the prophecies of the holy prophets which are written, which leadeth them to the faith on the Lord and unto repentance, which faith and repentance bringeth a mighty change of heart unto them. Therefore, as many as have come to this, ye know of yourselves are firm and steadfast in the faith and in the things wherewith they will be made free. So the steps that this list is belief. Belief creates faith in Christ. And faith in the Savior leads to repentance. So faith in Christ and repentance bring, brings about a mighty change of heart that we're all striving to live by. That's the blueprint of becoming a follower of Jesus Christ to be steadfast and immovable. But what blessings are associated with becoming a follower of Christ? Well, the steadfast person won't be tossed to and fro with false doctrine. You'll be able to hear that false doctrine and realize how untrue it is. You won't be swayed by it. And you won't be afraid or ashamed to defend the truth. Paul told the, uh, the Corinthian church that uh, there would be many false doctrines, false teachers, and he was worried that they might be led astray. They might be deceived by false teachings. But he urged them to be unwavering, to hold fast to the true gospel. And even believers who had been taught by the Apostle Paul, some were deceived. So how much more vulnerable are we today To remain steadfast, we need to know the Word of God, the truth. 2 Timothy 2, 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. We must not only study the Scriptures, but we need to understand them, Pray about them and see how we can use them in our life. Let them become part of our very soul, part of the words we speak, and definitely the life that we live. We have to know the truth before we can detect untruths because Satan can use Scripture 
and make it sound like things it doesn't really mean. He, he has the, the will to deceive us, even through the scriptures. He did with Adam and Eve, didn't he? But God desires that we grow spiritually every day. And we do that through reading the scriptures. Another way we can be distracted in our efforts to live good lives is to look back. When you're driving down the road looking up at your rearview mirror, you can see things that you've left. He doesn't even want us to look in the rearview mirror, does he? He wants to leave us to leave those things behind that we should have left behind and hopefully did when we accepted him in the waters of baptism. If we look back, it means we've got our eye on fame, riches, selfishness, bad habits, and sin. <clears throat> in Luke 9, 62, Jesus said, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And why would looking back keep us from following him? It's because those things we left behind will become too important in our lives. We might try to go back and hold on to those things again that should have been let go. It means that we want things of the world more than we want the blessings of our Heavenly Father. But we can only serve one master. Our goal should always be to look ahead and not even look sideways, but to look at Jesus ahead of us and then we'll stay on the path that we should be on. Think about Lot's wife. She looked back and she was turned into a pillar of salt. And it's a good example for us that Jesus, that God was serious in his commandment to not look back at a previous life. He wants us to follow his son Jesus to his, his kingdom. And he wants us to serve with joyful hearts, being thankful for the many blessings that he gives us throughout our life. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is telling us, do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. He says, receive his forgiveness and look ahead to our future. Now we're called to live Christ-like lives. Why? Because he was steadfast. We're called to live our lives according to the gospel. Because the gospel doesn't change. 
We know that God is unchangeable. In Alma 5.35 it says, Neither doth he vary from that which he hath said, neither hath he a shadow of turning from the right to the left, nor from that which is right to that which is wrong. Therefore, his course is one eternal round. <clears throat> now, most people we talk with in our lives, they don't know the stories of the characters in the Book of Mormon, and many don't know the lives that are recorded in the Bible. But we know that there are many good examples that we can look to <coughs> that show us <coughs> lives that are steadfast and immovable and always abounding in good works. Let us build our lives on the foundation of Jesus Christ and let us all become even more solid and firm, resolute, firmly secured and incapable of being diverted from the path of righteousness. If we do, we'll live pure lives and become valiant disciples of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Kenny, again, I'd remind everybody there's no class tonight, and I did miss one announcement. There's going to be a a fall family retreat in October in Independence, and that's going to be like the 28th through the 31st, and Dennis Evans was the, the man that's going to be in charge of that, so if you'd like to know a little more info about it. There'll be some more given out here pretty soon, but it'll be for anyone that wants to go. We're going to close our service today with the singing of hymn number 332.
loving Heavenly Father, as we come to the close of this service, we give the praise, the honor, and the glory, and we would ask now that you go before us and prepare our way, grant us safe travel to and fro, and this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Mm -hmm. 